0: Hello, this is the State Senate DFL podcast, Call of the Senate. I'm your host, Senator Jeff Hayden. Thank you for joining us. The purpose of the podcast is to allow you, the listener, to better understand our senators with stories about their background, where they grew up, the moment they knew they wanted to be a public servant. Also, we'll be discussing legislation or general changes in society that they hope to accomplish during their time in the Senate. Welcome to Call of the Senate, Senator Eric Simonson. Thank you, Senator, for having me here. Good. Well, tell us a little bit about your district, where it's located, its kind of number. Uh, where, where are you from?
1: Sure. So I represent Senate District 7, which mm-hmm. is uh, most of the city of Duluth. Okay. I actually have 32 of 34 precincts. Senator Bach still has two precincts. How about Duluth, that? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Duluth is, is my home. Uh, born and raised in Duluth, just outside okay. of Duluth, actually. Okay. Okay. Um, been there for my whole life uh you know my my family is there my wife and two kids are there and uh, we just have, we just enjoy Duluth. It's you know like, that right? it's one right. of the best kept secrets in the state, right? But, right, right. Well, it's not so secret absolutely. anymore.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. We got to get more people up there. So tell us a little bit um, about the way you know where you grew up, where did you go to high school? Uh, like, how did you how did you kind of start to? You know, I, I know that you're in the fire department. I want to talk a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about Duluth and and, and you and, and your your interaction with it.
1: Yeah. So like I said, I grew up uh, just outside of Duluth on the north side. And, um, you know, we went to a roll elementary school uh, and then uh, when I went to junior high school in seventh grade, we actually had to go downtown Duluth. And How about was, that? That was my first exposure to the big city. Right? Is, that, is that Duluth Central? That Well, that was at the time was Washington Junior. Okay. Uh, and then I went to Duluth Central and then graduated from Duluth Central High School. Is that right? Which is not uh, open any longer, unfortunately.
0: I know. I have a cousin that's from uh, Duluth and he went to Duluth. Our two cousins. And they both went to Duluth Central. A lot of good people graduated from Duluth Central.
1: Absolutely. That,
0: but, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Mary Murphy taught there, right? Representative Murphy?
1: So, funny story, Representative Murphy was one of my teachers when I was in 10th grade at Deloitte Central, and at the time, she had uh, just recently gotten into the legislature, if you can imagine that. Wow. Uh, And at the time, I remember, you know, because she would disappear in January for the remainder of the school year, right? right? And at the time, we never thought twice about it. You know, you're in 10th grade, you're not thinking about things like that, but now knowing what she was going to do. I mean, it's just, it's an interesting
0: link. It's amazing, right? Right. So what did you do after high school?
1: So after high school, you know, we did a number of of odd jobs. Actually, one of my first jobs was I worked uh, for a logging operation up north. Uh, worked on the landing. Uh, But right after high school, kind of did a couple of different things, trying to figure out what I was going to do. I was debating going in the military, going to college. Uh, ended up going to trade school. Okay. Uh, and uh, went through the firefighting program, mm-hmm. uh, took the test for Duluth Fire Department, and got hired there at, I think I was 22 years old when I got hired there. And when was that? That was in 1990.
0: 1990, yep. okay. Okay. So do, do they still have a program like that? Do they still have a trades program that, that prepares people into, to go into a firefighter?
1: They do. So Lake Superior College, which is part of Minnesota State, mm-hmm. uh, is in Duluth, and they have uh, two options. You can do a two-year uh, degree program mm-hmm. or they have a shorter certificate program, uh, mm-hmm. which is recognized by many departments across the state and, frankly, other states too. But, um, so I went through the shorter version at the time. And uh, first test, and it's it's unusual to get hired at the first test. It's pretty competitive, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's always mm-hmm. several hundred people that are taking those tests. But mm-hmm. I got lucky.
0: Mm-hmm. I got hired in 1990, and it was it just changed my life. Right, right. So you got hired just with a certificate program mm-hmm. right into the Duluth Fire, Fire Department, and now you are the well now I'm retired from the. I retired. You you you
1: landed as the. So I I worked there for 27 years. Okay. Uh, and i just actually left there in the fall of 2017 i didn't realize you left right yeah.
0: Right. And you were the deputy? When I left, I was the assistant fire chief. Assistant fire chief. Right. Wow, what a career. I bet you've seen a lot of things, huh?
1: I've seen a lot of things. I you know, I just as soon forget, uh, right. but at the same time, it's all of those things and the interactions with all of those people mm-hmm. that has really shaped who I am
0: mm-hmm. uh, and
1: what my core beliefs are.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, well, let's first talk about how did you get to the legislature what made you want to run and maybe we could talk about that I'll probably intertwine with some of your beliefs in your belief system
1: so uh, as you can imagine over the course of 27 years uh, I held a number of different positions in the department took a number of promotional exams and you know, kind of worked my way up but I also spent 10 years as the local union president <laughs> uh, in uh, for Duluth firefighters and uh, Working with the union uh, is another one of the primary things that really kind of shaped who I am because I had the opportunity to, you know, interact with a lot of our members, uh, your contract negotiations, Mm -hmm. working on grievance disputes, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to resolve problems uh, Mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, And then later in that 10-year period, I actually had the chance, I was appointed by the international union to be a district uh, representatives. So I represented firefighters, uh, not just in Minnesota,
0: but Wisconsin, Iowa, North and South Dakota. Wow. Yeah, wow. It was fun. It was fun because you get I to meet a lot of different fun. people. Right, right. So it was that kind of those relationships that led you to run because you were in the house, right? I was in the house. I was first okay. elected
1: to the house. Uh, you were special election? No, no, no.
0: Almost kind of special.
1: Almost. It was, well, every election special. (laughs) Not in that sense.
0: Kind of remember that. (laughs) Well, that's good. Well, well, tell us um, about, like, the things that you're working on uh, in the session this year. And now that we're probably at the midpoint, are getting pretty close to midpoint, we're starting to figure out where everybody's sitting in terms of their budget. So tell us what you're working on and give us some sense of how the session's gone. This year for you,
1: yeah. You know, I think this session started out uh, on a really positive note. We heard a lot of uh, conversations about you know working together, House and Senate and Governor. And I think uh, to 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 uh, to be hopeful, let's let's hope a lot of that continues to pan out. But uh, there are also going to be disagreements, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's no way to get around that. But I think the key to being a successful uh, legislator is understanding that relationships matter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and you have to work across the aisle sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to get you know a number of things, local projects done. Right? I'm not working mm-hmm. on any significant policy issues mm-hmm. right now, but mm-hmm. uh, we've got a number of local projects that we'd like to do, including uh, what you know we're referring to as a medical exchange district bill. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've heard that yet. It's not been to your committees, but. Um, it's something that we're working on. It's really a large economic development project mm-hmm. similar to Destination Medical Center mm-hmm. in
0: Rochester. Mm-hmm. For uh what's the large hospital? Saint
1: Uh so St. Mary's Essential right. Health is, right. is the largest one and then St. Luke's is
0: the is the next one. There. Yeah, yeah. I have been watching that uh just a little bit. In my district, we have a kind of a corridor of the Alina, mm-hmm. you know, world headquarters along with uh Abbott and then children's. And then, of course, HGMC and Fairview are within blocks, right? So it's the same medical alley or the same destination uh, conversation we have as, as people are thinking about where they want to see their care. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about, since you're a original Duluthian, tell us a little bit about, and I hear about this, for, like I said, my cousin, uh, Van Hayden is a, is a Duluthian and, in Vanny, I should mention them as they'll probably listen to this. Uh, so they talk a lot about Duluth growing up. Um, and Duluth has changed a lot, and the composition of the city has changed. Tell us a little bit about kind of how it was, and then where it's at today, and where do you think Duluth is, is going to go as it as it kind of changes based on our economy?
1: Yeah, so Duluth is is a port city. I mean, mm-hmm. First and foremost, that that is why Duluth is even on the map to mm-hmm. begin with. Mm-hmm. It's certainly, one of the oldest cities in our state, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really put there because it's the farthest inland port on the Great Lakes system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're coming in uh, with an ocean-going vessel, that's as that's as far west as you, as can, you can go, get right. right? So the Duluth Superior Port is a big part of our economy, mm-hmm. um, and and Duluth is a big part of northeastern Minnesota iron range economy mm-hmm. as well, because as most of northeastern Minnesota has been built up on mining, taconite, uh, logging, all of those commodities, or at least a very significant portion of them, come down through Duluth and then go out. Uh, you know through Lake Superior so Duluth historically has been a very blue collar town Mm -hmm. uh, built around the port uh, industrial Mm -hmm. we had a steel mill there at one point in time Mm -hmm. that's you know long since closed but and there was a period of time uh, I can remember in the 70s and 80s where industry was shutting down you know things were changing our economy was not in the best place right and Duluth was uh, losing population, and you know everybody thought it was just going downhill. Um, but starting in probably late eighties, early nineties, things started to turn around, and, okay. and we're you know it's a it's a growing population again. We're, okay, we're absolutely a you know a regional center. Right, uh, and, and a lot of the areas around Duluth continue to grow, but Duluth is that hub. Uh, and we're seeing more and more young folks kind of bring a, a new sense of revitalization to the city. Our downtown Good. nightlife has expanded incredibly. Right. Uh,
0: right. It's, it's, it's amazing the turnaround that's happened in the course of 30 years. Right. Is it, is it tech? Is it healthcare? Is it the new economy or... Has it rebounded in terms of like some of the older things, the, the timber and, you know, I know the Sitterbach always talks about paper mill and, and the things that happen on the range. Or is it a mixture?
1: Well, I think there's a base, right? I mean, you think of the base as being the paper mills and in the, in the mines and the shipping industry and in the, in the uh, logging industry. That's our base. That that stays relatively consistent. It fluctuates with the market a little sure. bit. Uh, healthcare has been one of the fastest growing industries for mm-hmm. us. Uh, but also manufacturing, you know, Cirrus has, has been a yes. incredible uh, job creator uh, for Duluth and the surrounding region and what they've been able to produce over the course of well, I suppose it's been 20 years now but uh, you know they started off with that single engine
0: uh, parachute,
1: parachute plane yeah. right and now, and now they're building jets right, wow. and it's just a great job creator it's been good for our region. And then you know it's just a quality of life too. I think you know if if, uh, we have a lot of folks that come to Duluth from 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 larger metropolitan areas that just want a little bit softer pace, quieter pace, and and, uh, as long as we can maintain growing our jobs around the university system, UMD is a big uh, economic driver too.
0: Absolutely, but yeah, it's growing and it's definitely seen a lot of improvements. That's great. That's great. So, what do you think? Are um, you know thinking about you in the context of? Of living in a place that most people would call progressive, at least you know yeah. inside the city of Duluth, yeah. um, and then also having kind of industry that sometimes um, clashes a little yeah. bit with 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 kind of people that right. go so far to the left, and then of course you know your work as a as as a firefighter. How do you and I have some of the same kind of issues a little more in terms of how do I think about as a leader, how do I lead across the state and still work with? Those that you know are really in the progressive end uh, you seem to to manage that really well uh and I think you said it on the outset, but how do you how do you handle that? How do you keep that kind of what people perceive as a pretty cool demeanor uh um, and be able to kind of thread that needle where you're getting the jobs in the industry that keeps the community thriving but also thinks about the environment and other things that people think inherently clash right and it's hard i mean let's just
1: be honest it's it's a hard thing to do at times but i think it's so important for elected officials especially at the state level uh, to not necessarily get bogged down on one side or the other Mm -hmm. right the environment is incredibly important for Mm -hmm. us obviously we all understand that but at the same time our economy our jobs Mm -hmm. our families that's all important too so we've got to find this balance uh, and Duluth is a very progressive city and I, often, and I often say that and but we're surrounded by an area that you know if you just consider northeastern Minnesota that perhaps is more interested in some of the the meat and potato issues you know, Absolutely. they want to make sure they have jobs how much does their health care cost can they send their kids to school that's right. you know and and you've got to find that balance and it's, it's not easy to do but uh, I try to and uh, you know I've done two elections in the house, and I've done one citywide election to get to the Senate now, and I've talked to a lot of people, right. and I really believe that uh, eighty to ninety percent of the folks that support me fall in the middle, yes. you know, and they just want common sense yes. solutions. Yes. Uh, so that's that's what I try to do every day that I come here. It's not always easy,
0: um, but at the same time, I think it's really important. Can we talk a little bit about broadband? Um, I personally think that as we look into the 21st century and this, you know, we're still going to need materials out of the mines and, and, you know, other things. But that seems to be going more and more automated. Like, let's just, you know, kind of see that they're still going to need people, but seem to be less people. Um, I, I was thinking about broadband as a way to be able to still kind of keep people there, get kids that you ship out to come back. Um, Talk a little bit about if if that's that's what, you, and I know just a little bit about it, but it's pretty common sense as I travel around the rural areas around the country that that seems to be something that other legislators are focused on. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? So in 2013, my first session in the House,
1: uh, I carried the first bill that created this border-to-border broadband fund. Mm-hmm. And and that wasn't that long ago, right? That's mm-hmm. like what, six years ago or that's something right. like that. Uh, And it's uh, incredible how many legislators didn't want anything to do with Mm -hmm. expanding broadband, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And And to be fair, a lot of folks in the metro area just couldn't get the concept that... You didn't have access to the Internet if That's you're right. in Cromwell, Minnesota. That's right. right? That just That's didn't right. ring a bell with them. That's right. So we – and I remember having this conversation with Speaker Thiessen at the time, trying yeah. to convince him that this was so important to rural yes. Minnesota. Yes. Uh, but fast forward to today, and just about every legislator talks about the necessity, That's right. right? And That's right. I think it's a, it's a changing – uh, society, mm-hmm. and I think it's an understanding uh, through education that this is a need for for Greater Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to start a business, expand a business, uh, work from home, if you're going to go to school, if you're going to access the internet to go to school, any of these things that we take for granted—that's right—it's not taken for granted in many areas of our state. So that's right, uh, and we've made significant investments over the years. Yes, we, we have, and we, we continue have. to do that. But we the have. key to 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 finishing this project
0: and completing this border to border access is working with our providers together. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the key. I was uh, at some seminar and they were Talking about kind of a triangle that was like Omaha Des Moines, and Kansas City is creating kind of a silicon prairie or something that they said, and that was because the coast has become so expensive, but that's where kind of where people are going, so they were attracting people from those coasts are or are back to kind of you know the 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 prairie if you will or, or or the midwest because if you have an airport which you do right, and you have broadband and people could afford to live there and when they had to leave or even if they had to come down to the cities right to 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 get on a plane that seems to be the sweet spot so that really helped me understand kind of how important it is and got me as a old south minneapolis uh person uh, on board so listen as we finish this tell me something that people wouldn't know about you by just taking a look at you well there's a lot of things
1: that people wouldn't know by looking at you but uh I think one of the things that, that I'll tell you that, you know, some people know, not a lot of people know that. I, I did retire from the fire department in mm. 2017, uh, but I still, you know, I'm too young. I need mm. to make a living still, right? That's so, right. So I took a job as the director of the Lake Superior Zoo. Okay. Uh, and if you could find the nexus between a c- career in public safety and a director, I challenge you to do that. But, uh
0: <laughs> It was an that's opportunity. Amazing. It was an
1: opportunity that was there, and I thought, "Wow, this this is a unique challenge that I could take on for a couple of years." It's so sure. important to our community.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, uh, so we're so we're doing some good work there. But uh, most right. people most people can't figure that out. How I jumped? Well,
0: that's fantastic. That's something that I didn't even know, and I try yeah. to know everything about everybody around here. Listen, uh, tell us how we can get in touch with you. Your social media platforms. Uh, how to get in touch with you at your office? Yeah, you know, people, folks can reach out to my office at any
1: time. Email phone. Uh, you know, we'll we'll make sure we get back to you. Twitter handle is at Eric Simonson.
0: Uh, you can follow me there, and uh, you know, look forward to hearing from folks. Good, Senator Eric Simonson. Thank you for being on Call of the Senate. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for listening to Call of the Senate. I'm Senator Jeff Hayden, and I hope you enjoy getting to know my colleagues and hearing about important things that are happening at the Capitol. If you would like to hear more stories, please visit our website, dfl.mn. Or connect with us on social media with the handle at Senate DFL. Thank you.